0: Sure as God made green apples someday the Chicago Cubs are gonna be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Is he alive? This is gonna be What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Sears. Joining me is my co-host, Ryan Davis. Ryan, what's going on, man? How's your week been so far?
1: Pretty good. I can't complain. I, As we were talking about before, I put this on Twitter. I went to a Star Wars trivia night. Um, it was a team <laughs> trivia event. I went by myself and finished in first place out of like 38 teams. So, if you were ever wondering who the nerdiest person you know is, it's very clearly me.
0: (laughs) Well, congratulations, man! I heard, uh, why don't you let everyone know, did you say your name already? My name? Yeah, uh, uh, for your your trivia team Oh,
1: my my trivia team name. Well, yeah, since I played by myself, I I thought it was clever to go by Ryan Solo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That part made me laugh just like a little bit too much late last night. But on, uh, obviously, today's show, we're going to be talking some Cubs. Um, Ryan and I we were kind of talking before the show a little bit about the Cubs kind of not really showing anyone the money. Have yet to really sign anyone. More reports coming out that the Cubs are going to have to shed money to sign relievers now. Um, Ryan and I will kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, later in the show, Caesars released their up and over and unders here for teams for the MLB this year. We'll kind of take a look at where they've got the Cubs and see if we agree, if we feel like uh, what's going on in the NL Central. I know there's some interesting people or teams that have kind of hopped and jumped over teams you might not expect. So we'll kind of go through that, and then uh, we'll wrap the show just kind of going over some latest Cubs happenings here. So. Before we get started, we do have to say we have uh, a sponsor here, Arizona's Office of Tourism for spring training. This spring, follow your favorite baseball team to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor activities, adventure, incredible food. Arizona's the perfect home base for baseball fans. It's a one-of-a-kind spring training experience. There's so much to see nearby Arizona, as well as all the baseball field actions. Please check that out. If you guys like, there will be a link in our description But if you guys are checking out spring training, make sure you head over to the Arizona Office of Tourism to see what is around spring training as well as checking out our Chicago
1: Cubs. And spring training is just a lot of fun, right? Like, uh, yeah, uh, Yeah. I went out there one time. I'm hopefully going to make it out for at least a few days this year and maybe do some stories for Forbes on the Cubs. So, uh, yeah, spring training, that's something you should check out anyway.
0: Yeah, regardless of what is going on out there, I mean, it's just fun to be around the Cubs and you're... But just those guys in general, it'll be it'll be cool. I'm hoping I'd love to get out there for spring training this year. So we'll see if that can happen. If you guys do end up going on spring training, let us know. We'll have to meet up and talk Cubs and hang out or whatnot. Yeah, maybe maybe Arizona but,
1: Tourism will sponsor us.
0: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> No, fingers, no fingers crossed. But um, let's jump into this topic here. As we were talking about before, and a few people have written now, uh, I know we were talking about Tony and Jackie's article. I know uh, Bleacher Nation's kind of written about this as well. But it sounds like the Cubs really do have to shed some money to go out and sign anyone at this point. And, and, and I, we really mean anyone. Uh, Brett wrote an article here as we were talking about from Bleacher Nation literally pointing out that the Cubs, to sign a reliever, might actually have to cut or get rid of someone, or shed up to five to six million to, to sign these guys. And it just makes you wonder, what is going on? With all this going on here, right and these reports coming out this week, what, what's kind of your take on everything right now?
1: Well, yeah, um, and I wanted to read this quote, too. Uh, it's from Steve Adams from MLB Trade Rumors. Um, he did, uh, you know, he, he was talking about the Cubs uh, in one of his articles, and uh, he said, i was told earlier this winter that they basically told one of their players reps not to even bother bringing up an extension because the money wasn't there so yeah we're getting to a point where it seems less and less likely that this is theo epstein you know trying to position himself and more and more likely that this is a real thing that the the Ricketts family came in with a hard and fast block on spending um I remember when we had Tony Andraki on, uh, he talked mm-hmm. about how um, the Cubs get their budget um, like at some point in October, right? Like he was talking about how yeah. I don't remember when he said it was, but I remember the takeaway that I had was that they didn't have their budget immediately after the season, so when they were talking about um you know all, all the moves and things they wanted to to do to fix the roster at, right after the season ended. They didn't know what their budget was going to be at that point. It makes me wonder, did they make the move on Cole Hamels? Did they pick up that that option and then send away um, Drew Smiley? And getting the idea that maybe they had less money to spend, but not knowing just exactly how restricted they were, because this is this is the big thing that I wanted to talk about. We, we talked a little bit before we came on, is... Cole Hamels, they picked up his $20 million option. They traded Drew Smiley. So, so they only added 13 million, but that's 13 million added to and now you're at the point where you can't spend anything else. Um if you look at overall what they've done, um you've added Hamels, you subtracted Smiley. Well, let's just say you subtract Smiley. You don't bring back Hamels. Um you trust what you have the like, you know, six starters that you have to choose from at this point. Uh, Which is no easy task, but let's say you trust what you have to do it next year, and you don't add Hamels, you you know rightfully designate or a non-tender Addison Russell, which saves you about four and a half million. Maybe Um, you don't bring back or you don't sign Kendall Graveman, uh, who you know is on a five hundred thousand dollar deal, but you have to earmark two million because that's you know the incentives can pay him up to two million if he. In fact, if he just makes one appearance on the roster this year, he gets $2 million, So,
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if he literally shows yeah. up. <laughs> so
1: you have 26 or $27 million there. Um, I just feel like that could have been better spent. You know, whether whether you're saying you're going to earmark that money for Bryce Harper, and maybe maybe you have another $4 million you can spend, and maybe you get him on a deal that averages $30, or $30 million a year, maybe that all works out fine but even if it's not him you could be spending that money on quality relief pitching on a veteran backup catcher Uh, there's all sorts of stuff a, a different veteran bat that you could add to the lineup there's all sorts of players that you could have brought in via free agency or via trade adding salary that could have made your roster better and not just better for 2019 but better going forward that's the other thing is it seems like this one-year option on Cole Hamels is restricting them from missing out on guys like Harper, who could be a cornerstone of your franchise for 10 years. So it doesn't doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up for me. If, if The only thing that I could come up with is what I mentioned earlier. Is it possible Theo Epstein and the Cubs front office didn't fully know the extent to which they'd be limited in their spending?
0: That's... Uh, I, uh... You would think that's insane to think right. that the Cubs would go out and spend money like this without that. But the way it's looking right now, and the way the Cubs were talking prior to the off season, it sure as heck feels like that. Yeah, um, like, there's no other logical
1: explanation about for bringing back Hamels and then being so restricted, right?
0: Right, because I mean at this point, like it's not posturing. Like Theo Epstein isn't setting himself up to make some big. Crazy move for Bryce Harper. I mean, the market itself has slowed down, and we're seeing teams just refuse to pay guys the money that we all anticipated Harper and Machado getting. Um, sounds like reports have come out that Machado's deal is somewhere around two hundred and twenty to two hundred fifty million if he does sign one. Now, you know that was a week ago, and things change quickly here, even though nothing's happening. Um, so it. it who knows if he can really count on those reports. They're, I mean, it could take all takes is one team to be stupid enough to offer, you know, more money. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not stupid, but you know what I mean? So it's weird. The frustrating part about all this is like the Cubs. I mean, technically, the Cubs could sign Bryce Harper. They could go. I mean, they could sign a reliever. and They don't really have to cut money. But if this budget is, is razor thin as... Uh, the Cubs are making it feel like at least to the fans at the moment uh I mean it's going to be tough to maneuver and looking at this Cole Hamels deal as great as Cole Hamels was he had somewhat of a resurgence second half and while he was incredible you'd be crazy to think you know Cole Hamels is going to go out and throw a sub two ERA for two and a half months or now full season with the Cubs uh, at 35 36 it just it's unrealistic to assume that um That being said, the Cubs absolutely needed Cole Hamels last year. So I mean, you know, it's the the rotation looks okay, but you know, people keep underestimating this bullpen that I think you and I will probably get into here in a second. It's not fantastic, and it probably is much more glaring of a hole than I think fans necessarily acknowledge. Sometimes, Um, just injuries and inconsistent performances or whatnot. So I mean, that need you need to add something there. At the very least, just a left handed reliever that you can rely on and. I mean, we were talking before the show started. There's plenty of guys that are going this last week or two that that could have been great fits for the Cubs. That you know, for nine or ten million a year for two seasons, uh, apparently were too expensive for the Cubs, and that just seems ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, and you have like, uh, you know, you have the fans that are saying, "Well, the Cubs had the best ERA in baseball lo- last year. <sighs> I need Bryce Harper, not relief pitchers." And you know, for my money, I, I think you should be able to go get a guy like Harper and still fix the bullpen because the Cubs are just like rolling in money. And um, the other point on the money was, you know, I I think we had all kind of assumed that that next luxury tax level of 246 million was their cap, their artificial cap. Like they didn't want to go over that because after that, the tax Mm -hmm. is 95% for every dollar spent. So I think there was a lot of assumption that that was the number and they're at around $220 million now in that, kind of vicinity so apparently that's not the number the number is much lower than that so that's frustrating and you know you say like the the bullpen best era in baseball okay so brandon morrow 1.47 era but he did exactly what brandon morrow does he gave you like half a season he gave you 30 innings and he's (laughs) injured again he's not gonna he's not gonna be ready for opening day so he's already wow. hurt for 2019. So it's not even just saying, like, the negative the negative point of view of he's just going to do what he always does and get hurt. It, he already is hurt. So you already know you're you're down tomorrow, at least to start the season. Steve Cshek right. threw more innings and appearances than ever before last year. He was awesome. But, you know, did you make his arm fall off? He's going to be 33 years old. Um, Pedro Strope obviously awesome as always but will he you know continue it at 34 justin wilson gone carl edwards great when he's great but completely inconsistent um when you want to look at best era in um in baseball for the bullpen you have to account for 39 innings of jesse chavez at a 1.15 era you have to account for just going up the list here um Let's see, you've got Corey Mazzoni, 8 2 3 innings, 1.04 ERA. You have Justin Hancock, 1.46 ERA in 12 and a 3rd innings. Anthony Bass, gone, 2 2.93 ERA, 15 and a 3rd innings. Um, you have uh, Jorge De La Rosa, 21 innings, 1.29 ERA. So you have all these guys who are kind of fringe guys who all combined to be really, really good for the Cubs and, and bring that ERA down and – you know, it, it just, it doesn't feel like a team, like they have a team that's going to be one of the best bullpens in in the league this year. Like, just, just off the top of my head, I don't think that's going to be possible. You have, half your bullpen is going to be made up of Brandon Kinsler and Ch- Tyler Chatwood <laughs> and uh, Brian Dunsing. Uh, it, it's just, it's not good. You know, they're, they if they don't make upgrades in the bullpen i would say they are a middle of the pack at best bullpen
0: yeah uh <laughs> yeah i would say that's a great point i didn't even think of like guys like you know like the justin mills or anyone that came in later in the season and contributed you know not a ton but saw enough innings to for to count towards the cubs bullpen URA and that helps definitely make it look a lot better um, what do you think about the people talking about the Cubs' like TV deal? Like, keep people keep throwing that out there on Twitter and being like, "Hey, you know, like, well, they're supposed to be getting this TV deal and a huge influx of cash, and they've got money coming off the payroll next year." And right now, it sounds like their final, like, with luxury tax type of like payroll is roughly just under like two hundred and thirty million, and I think the top luxury tax tier is like two hundred
1: and forty eight, two forty six, right?
0: or two hundred forty two forty six. So they're giving themselves roughly about a Little under 20 million to play with here for that before that luxury tax, but you know, uh, Brett made a good point in this article of Bleacher Nation. I'll link it in the podcast here because it does a good job of kind of outlying the whole, total situation here. The Cubs, you know, they realistically, I mean, like that the tax is big for, for going over that luxury tax, but it doesn't really start hurting teams and cripple them until like a couple years down the road of being multiple years over the tax, but I mean. You sign Bryce Harper, even with the money coming off the books, you're essentially still in the same situation you are now. That you will be next year if Harper's on this roster. So I mean, you know, it doesn't make much of a difference here. But does that TV deal really help the Cubs go and spend more money on players, or is this just kind of another revenue stream for the front office?
1: Um, well, I mean, it should help them go sign players. Um, I don't. I don't think they need that money. I mean, obviously they need a TV deal, but. Um, I don't think that the difference between the extra money they're going to have on their next TV deal versus the money they're making now is going to open up some sort of secret door for them to now be able to afford signing whoever they want. They can already do that. They, they have money. They're making money hand over fist with this team. This is, I would venture a bet, probably one of the most profitable teams, if not the most profitable in baseball. You, know, you could probably list... Just a couple. Yankees. Yeah, you could probably list just a couple at the top: the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, maybe the maybe Dodgers. The, Dodgers. Uh, the Cubs are right there. So mm-hmm. you're you're talking top three probably, and you have these this defense uh, of the front office basically saying, or or for the owner, saying, well, they've had a top ten payroll the last several years. Top ten's <laughs> not good enough. That, I mean, it, no. t- you know the red.
0: And it doesn't mean anything. No, the
1: Red Sox went out. They they didn't care that they were, you know, top 10 payroll. Like, they they went out and signed J.D. Martinez in the offseason last year when nobody else would. And then they won the World Series in large part because of that move and several others. But, you know, I I just don't understand. Like, they were at least somewhat cheaper on the money side during the rebuild. And we were told that that Mm -hmm. money was being rolled into – um, the years where they were going to be competitive. And we all accepted that. And and <clears throat> really, financially, it made sense. You don't want to go sign a whole bunch of Edwin Jacksons and fill up the roster when you have these young, talented guys who are going to be trying to take in, take in their spots. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense at that point to, to do that. And we all accepted that. So, you know, th- those first few years when they were, you know, first becoming competitive, a lot of that money was being used. Now we're at the point where I'm guessing all that savings from those three rebuilding years are is gone um but they've won a world series they have raised ticket prices uh several times um this is a team that's making a ton of money and they have the um tv deal that you mentioned on the horizon for next year so why aren't why is there a spending cap at let's say 230 million why why can't they go any higher than that It, it just doesn't make any sense to me
0: I, yeah, that's that's the other part, too. It just it, there, There's really nothing holding the Cubs back. And, you know, this has never been something the Cubs have truly been afraid of. You know what I mean? Especially, like, the way they're posturing themselves. I mean, this isn't the Oakland A's. Yeah. You know? Like, the Cubs are – and they're definitely going to get their own TV deal. Like, they've officially told NBC they're not working right. with them. So, NBC has just the Sox, Blackhawks, and Bulls at this point. The Cubs are 100% making their own TV network. And it sounds like they're not working with anyone in particular – in the Chicago market, outside of, like, you know, we've heard a few rumors here and there, but this TV deal is going to happen here in the next couple of months. Like, we're going to get an announcement one way or another that this is a done deal at some point. Uh, there's going to be money coming in at some point from this deal regardless. It's it just, like, that alone should be at least enough, you think, to be like, okay, well, we can go sign someone. But for them to be hamstringed to the point where they can't even just address, like, you know, four to $6 million to a bullpen player, like, Jesse Chavez should have been affordable. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's there's no reason for this. Uh, I I I just don't get it. Uh, either it's either the longest giant tr- Twitter troll like le- least active team experience I've ever that's ever happened, or the Cubs are just really really good at playing possum. I I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm just very frustrated with the whole situation. Yeah, and
1: so. uh, this will be my last point on the whole thing because I feel like I've <clears throat> I've beaten this this drum pretty hard. I'm, I'm beating this horse to death. Uh, on the Cubs mysteriously deciding not to spend money, but you know, last year when they signed you Darvish and right before spring training or as spring training was starting, yeah, class, they, yeah, Theo Epstein made comments, and I've referenced these several times on the podcast where he didn't come out and say Bryce Harper, but he alluded to the idea that the Darvish deal would not be prohibitive for them to go out and make um, a big splash the next off season that 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 he the, i think the main quote i come back to is rosters are flexible payrolls are flexible so i don't understand what changed i i guess cole hamels is there like you had to trade for him and then and then sign him because um you darvish was disappointing and then injured so maybe you could argue that but does 20 really 20 million really take you out of the bryce harper thing i i don't know it i just I want to know what changed because there's a story in all of this that's not being told
0: yeah exactly there's There's a point that we just don't know because because even if even if it is one of these reasons, one way or another the cubs are just you know trying to be very secretive or they really don't have money to spend either way, there has to be a reason yeah. why because right now it doesn't make sense, especially with the market for these guys not being as expensive as originally mm-hmm. thought um, I mean, you know, I can't imagine anyone wants to set the market, but at the same time, like if the price is 250 million for Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, I consider that a discount in yeah. my mind. So maybe teams don't, but who knows? So um, let's roll into the second segment. We'll kind of talk about Caesars released their over unders here for these teams, uh, being these teams being the Cubs, White Sox, and of course the annual Central. So we'll kind of go over some of those and uh, give our takes here on Lockdown Cubs. So stick around for more. welcome back to locked on cubs if you missed the first part here we are uh have a new sponsor on the podcast arizona office of tourism for spring training uh head to arizona.com slash spring training to get all the details a warm fun destination that's family friendly plenty to find around arizona check out the outfields all sorts of landscapes to be of course checking out cool touristy spots quirky outposts all sorts of fun things and we'll be having plenty of people on before spring training Glenn casper always has really good um Places to check out. We'll have to maybe pick his brain sometime here in the new future before spring training starts. But check out Arizona.com slash spring training. So uh, let's get to the Caesars over unders, Ryan. Um, the Caesar has currently the Cubs at 88 and a half wins on the season. Obviously not impressed with what the Cubs have done this off offseason. Um, where do you feel like, is that? does that feel right at the moment?
1: Because it feels right to me, um, and <clears throat> it's about right. Uh, they're actually eighty nine, so you're very close. Yeah, eighty nine is what okay. they are at. Excuse me. Um, uh, th- I feel like that's pretty consistent with around where Caesars has had them in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I know coming out of the uh, the World Series, I think they were set first at at about eighty nine, which of course they went over. I-, I think if I were a betting man, and I am, I would probably take the over on 89 even if it were you know like 92 93 wins i i think that's about right so yeah i, I would take the over on that i think they're trying to you know that maybe they think the cubs are going to win 87 i don't know i, I don't see that but um right. the big one that surprised me uh the brewers are uh at 83 and a half the cardinals are at 88 and a half so the cardinals are just right behind the cubs and and with the cardinals mm-hmm. i think that's a that's a really difficult number. Eighty-eight and a half. They won eighty-eight last year. They've obviously improved. Do you take the over? I think you should. But but it, but it's hard. You know, it it wouldn't be all that difficult to see them coming in below eight. You know, coming in at eighty-eight or less. So that would be mm-hmm. that that one's the hardest one for me to get the handle on. The Brewers are absurdly low at eighty-three and a half, and right. they're ex- they're obviously <sighs> expecting. Some sort of drop off, which I think is fair. The Brewers got a lot of career years out of guys, but they won 95 games through their first 162. Uh, They could drop off by 10 games and still beat the over (laughs) on this. So uh, if it were me setting the lines, and I'm, you know, there's a reason Vegas makes all the money and I don't, but if it were me, I would set the Brewers at like 86 and a half. And I feel like that would be, that number would be harder to do the over under because you know maybe you're pretty confident they win 87 or 88 but it's not a slam dunk at that point so you know those are pretty interesting numbers to me though and like i said there's a reason vegas makes all the money so um you know be careful with your betting and do not take gambling advice from me
0: yeah i was gonna say we know nothing about gambling so don't do not come yell at us if you lose money um yeah, some of these are interesting though. Like I I think eight and the eighty three and a half wins for the Brewers, obviously low, um, but Vegas just probably setting the under lower. Um, just to help their batting odds. It seems like the Red Sox and Dodgers have ninety five and ninety five and a half wins collectively. Orioles fifty nine. The White Sox are at seventy four and a half wins. I mean like obviously, this is Vegas, just, you know, projections, and they're all based on what money they feel like they can make for the most part, but uh, interesting to see where people are putting betting lines at the moment, so, um, I don't necessarily hold too much stock in this, these type of talks here, these things, but, I mean, you know, it's, it's it's a it's a thing, it's a thing to talk about, and I, I think for the most part, I mean, like, the, looking at these numbers, this, these feel right, these feel like good Vegas numbers, outside of maybe the Brewers, but, Yeah, I mean, this, with what's happened, the Cardinals, I feel like 90 wins could have been, could be realistic. Same with the Cubs as well. Same with the Brewers, honestly. The NL Central just got extremely tight in the last couple weeks um, with what the Cardinals have been able to do. And of course, there's rumors now that the Brewers are apparently engaged or one of the favorites to land Madison Baumgartner. Um, Likely destination is what I've heard people describe it as a few times on Twitter. Um, (laughs) That's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why don't you just go ahead? I'll just lean over. Just go ahead and punch me in the gut a couple times. Um, <laughs> um, what do you what, what do you think happens if minus and Baumgartner comes to the NL Central? Um,
1: I, I think it just makes it a little even more interesting. Uh, right now, I would. I d- right now, I would say the Brewers are probably your third place team, which is so interesting to say about the the team that kind of upended the Cubs and and won the division and went to the NLCS and all that, but. Um, based on everything we talked about, you know the Cubs had base so many down years uh, among you know players injuries all that, and the Bro- mm-hmm. and they had so many extenuating circumstances and like the, that long stretch in the second half without a day away from the ballpark, um, and they still ended up tied and they almost you know I mean they could have won the division within the final couple days so um,
0: very yeah, So yeah. I,
1: I think it's pretty clear especially with the moves the Cardinals have made they're at least number two in the division, maybe number one. They're they're kind of battling the Cubs for number one at this point, in my mind. Um, the Brewers mm-hmm. are, are kind of the the obvious third place, but maybe still a 90-win team. So, yeah, if you trade for Madison Bumgarner, I think it just makes it that much closer, where you have three teams where any one of them wouldn't be all that surprising to win the division. And and really, not, right now, it should be that way, too. You, you know, as, as right. much as the Brewers are probably the third-place team in my mind, it also wouldn't surprise me if they won the division next year, so uh, it just makes it all a yeah. that much closer. I don't think it makes anybody specifically the favorite. Uh, it just you know it makes it, it makes it more difficult. If if I wanted to point out one thing that makes me laugh <laughs> about the Caesars numbers, they they have the sure. Orioles with the fewest wins <laughs> at fifty nine, and and I thought about that. And I was just like, okay, so do you want to bet that the Orioles? Will win more than that, which they could. They could have a hundred loss season, and you could you could bet the right. over and still win money. Um, but when I looked at it, they only won forty seven games last year, so yeah, they, have, yeah, they have they have them at fifty nine, which is a twelve game improvement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say it's gonna be tough for them to be worse than they were last year. Uh, but yeah, so like you oh you man, can
1: bet man. the under on fifty nine for the Orioles and still have a reasonable chance um based on the fact that it's, it's hard to imagine them improving their roster I mean they they played a decent amount of the season with Manny Machado on their roster last year
0: I was gonna say John's uh, scope was on that team yeah. You know what I mean like they still had good players for a good amount like, of the there's season.
1: there's a reasonable chance that they could be worse uh in 2019
0: so e- yeah best of luck Michael Hyde um <laughs> um but yeah, I, I mean, there's not much more to say about this. I mean, it's pretty much just you know. It, I would say if you're a person that has to write power rankings or preseason rankings or whatever it may be for for the you know season starts during spring training or right before it, um, wait till the last possible moment to do a lot of these top teams because things could change obviously quickly with Machado and Harper still in flux. But um, yeah, I I don't envy you if you do have to do that, and I I feel for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, before we move into the next segment, was there anything else you want to talk about? With this I, stuff? I know
1: this is a Cubs podcast, but what do you think about the White Sox at seventy four and a half wins? That um, Jimenez is coming up. <clears throat> Dylan Cease will be there probably this year. Um, they've yeah. added Alex Calame, Kelvin uh, Herrera uh, to the bullpen. They, you know, obviously mm-hmm. um, Michael Kopech is going to be out um, after having Tommy John surgery, but. You know, this is kind of like the, maybe they're not the 2015 Cubs yet, but, you know, maybe maybe they're just a step below that, like they're not ready for 97 wins, but, you know, with some of the young players coming up, you know, some of the young pitching developing maybe uh, a little bit more than they had in the last couple of years, is it is it all that unreasonable to say that maybe this team gets to 77, 78 wins?
0: No, I actually, I, I honestly, honestly think the White Sox, with how weak that division is, yeah. too, I think they're going to be able to pad some games. I think 80 wins could be realistic for the White I Sox. Um, um, I, I think they're a team. I, I think this is the big year to figure out what you have in Young Moncada and Tim Anderson and some of the guys that are they're hoping can merge with the new core they have of guys like, you know, like you said, Dylan Cease, Aloy Jimenez. You know, they've got um, a million little outfielders. um yeah. What's the what's the guy they got? Uh, I forget. That. There's that Louis, yeah, Palka's great. He's he's incredible. He's on the roster now. You've got guys like Louis Bespe, stuff like that. Um, guys that will eventually be on this roster coming in. They've got a, a talented farm system. I really like the bullpen moves they've made because I feel like they've got a lot of young guys yeah. that have the potential to be back end people like Zach Birdie. You know, there's plenty of options back there um, that can be in this rotation or this bullpen for like you know late inning leverage moments. Um, but adding guys like Alex Colomay, Kelvin Herrera, at least give you guys, while some of them a little bit injured, at least give you guys that you can lean on to know that if these young guys aren't ready for that moment yet. Kelvin Herrera's been there before. Obviously, Alex Colome has been the race closer for the last couple of years. He was with the Mariners last year for a little yeah, bit, right? He, got he had a
1: really good like half season for the Mariners, I think. hmm
0: Exactly. Yeah, he played he played well. Um, so I mean, I, I like the moves they're making. Really good supplementary moves, anticipating probably big seasons from their young guys. Um, you hope that continues, but there's a lot of questions in the White Sox farm system, but they also had, like, I mean, they've got, <laughs> I think, 11 of their top 10 guys are probably close to breaking the top 100 in baseball right now, which is stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, they've got a ton of talent. I think this is the year they decide that if, you know, the guys that are on the roster are the guys that will be with this talent are guys that they maybe move to complete the roster. And,
1: and they're so. in the running for uh, Harper and Machado. Uh, if we're if the rumors are right. believed, so I mean that there's possible. I mean, if you if you do sign Manny Machado, if you're the White Sox, do you maybe look mm-hmm. at maybe taking a couple of your prospects and making a move for some veterans and trying to beef up that team a little bit and and see if you can take a shot at the division? Because like you said, it's a weak division. It's basically just the Indians and nobody else. So you know, mm-hmm. at that point, do you maybe try and take a shot at the Indians? I think you probably have to, right?
0: You would think. I mean, you're never going to have an opportunity where it's uh, truly just a dogfight between a team that, you know, the like Indians right now projected 91.5 wins. That seems really high to me, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Especially because
1: they're talking I about have the, trading Corey Kluber. and Kluber yeah.
0: or Daniel Carrasco whoever. Yeah, no, I, it seems very high to me. Um, I see them as like an 88-win yeah. team and probably still winning that division. So too. They, could um, probably, they
1: could probably but, win 83 games and win that division, honestly.
0: Yeah, the good news is for the White Sox, it sounds like Manny Machado was hanging out with Jerry Reinsdorf at one of the Bulls games. I think he was in the box at the Bears game this weekend, actually. Yeah. Um, from people saying things on Twitter, I will say, not anything sourced or reported correctly, but um, things around here, it sounds like Manny Machado was at least around Chicago bet, this I last he
1: week. I could have kicked that field
0: goal. <laughs> we'll have to get to that in a sec. Did you see Goose Island's, tri- like, uh, like Forty three yard kickoff thing they no, were doing.
1: No, I didn't. Oh god.
0: Basically like e- e- if fans could kick a forty three yard field goal, they won beer for the year from Goose Island. Anybody. So if I didn't have to work, I was gonna oh, go do it. I was gonna
1: ask, <laughs> did anybody do it? In my yeah, in, I, I in think my they, heyday I was quite the kicker. I, I I could probably nail a forty yard field goal. I don't know if I could have got forty three, but yeah. When I was much younger I think I could have kicked forty.
0: I could punt a soccer yeah. ball that far. I don't know if I could kick a field goal that far. Um <laughs> <laughs> now that we've gotten over our physical um, limitations, let's jump into the third and final segment here on Locked on Cubs. We'll kind of wrap up some of the news that's happened this last week and t- touch on a few things before we uh, wrap the show up. All right, cool. So I've got this rundown here. Um, Michael's got a bunch of cool stuff in here. I tweeted, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted at uh, Ian yeah. Hap earlier this week because he looked like he was doing some podcast thing. So I was like, hey, we're a podcast. Do you like to talk podcasts? Come on our show. Just like a stupid yeah. thing. No one thought it was funny, but uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we can talk about John Jay going to the White Sox. Um, Trying to think what else uh, here. I forgot they're about John things. Jay. Another reason. Another, yeah.
1: They're winning 100 games. John Jay.
0: John Jay. John Jay is the, uh, the cherry yep. topper. Um <laughs> Watch him have another stupid good season with the White Sox and the Cubs. Just be like, well, who would have thought we should have kept John Jay? Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's go here in third segment Welcome back to Lockdown Cubs fans. Here in the third final segment, we'll kind of go over just a few little newsworthy things that happened this week for the Cubs. Uh, first off, John Jay, former Cub, was at the D-backs last year, had an okay season. Actually, a pretty good season, actually. I think he won a gold glove, didn't he? Did he really? He was at – I think he was nominated for one. I don't know if think he actually won. I'll look I, this up. I think, but at least he's I think
1: sometimes we can convince ourselves that uh, that a guy like John Jay won be, be, because we're so <laughs> outraged by the nomination. <laughs> so we so we recall the outrage and think, well, I was pretty upset about that. Because, so he must have won.
0: Yeah, I was annoyed at least that he was listed on there. He is um, not
1: a gold but, glove yeah, outfielder. That. That's he's another not. like, no, like, really Cody innocent. Parkey can't kick a 43-year field goal, and neither can most average dudes. Um, John John Jay can't throw the ball from the outfield to home plate, and neither can most average dudes.
0: No. No, he can't. And he did not win a Gold Glove last year. So good, 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 good. That was uh, an aberration of mine. Thank God. So, yeah, everything's, everything's, <laughs> everything's, the system is sense, still broken, but, but not
1: as broken as it can be.
0: Exactly. But Jay's going to get 4 million on a 1-year deal to the White Sox. It's a good good fit at least and I, a solid fourth outfielder with the, you know, postseason experience if the Sox do really think they can make a move or make yeah. a run. I would so, I would not a, not a like John
1: Jay on the Cubs for 4 million.
0: I would honestly would take that as a fourth Damn. outfielder. Good lefty bat to have to come off the bench. Yeah. Apparently Gold Glove nominated guy. <laughs> off.
1: I mean, we I, I guess just, I guess the Cubs are just too poor for that kind of deal. Nobody, nobody has Uh, gone, nobody's gone into the Tom Ricketts' house and searched his couch for that that kind of money. Sorry, I'm I'm not, I'm not bitter at all about that. That's, that's just, you're so rich, (laughs) so wealthy, just. Yes. Nope. Four million, four million for Um, Jesse Chavez. No, four million for John Jay. Yeah, too much.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that, $4 billion for John Jay, at least for the Cubs, it makes no sense. So, um, Ian Happ teased a little thing, uh, looks like he was doing some type of either voiceover work or recording something along the lines of what seems like a podcast for Cubs Convention. He said he's excited to we'll talk about that. At some point, he hasn't released any more info on it, but uh, we tweeted at Ian Happ letting him know if he'd like to come talk on a podcast. Uh, we conveniently are one. That is so, true. Yeah, no response back on that, not yeah. a surprise. Um, Joe Madden is apparently helping coach, uh, football somewhere in Tampa for some reason. Weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently he reached out to Vic Fanzio for advice. Um, that's pretty funny to me. I think the interesting, one interesting thing that I didn't know about until later in the season for the bears was that Matt Nagy talked a good amount with Joe Madden about how to run a, how to run, how he ran his clubhouse and trying to transition that into the bears locker mm-hmm. room. I thought that was interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah that is pretty interesting. Yeah. Does Joe Madden have any ideas on kicking 43-yard field goals?
0: I would love to hear him because I'm sure it would be interesting.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you know this and maybe some of the people who listen know this, but um, I was at that game, and I was sitting
0: <laughs> yeah. in the north end zone
1: behind the uprights, So, so I shot a cell phone video of it, and it's so heartbreaking, the reaction of the crowd. Everyone thinks it's going in. So there's all these people preparing <laughs> to cheer and then there's just this confused noise of just like wait what happens?
0: And then, yeah. and then the
1: disappointing gro- groan just sets in. It, oh, it's so depressing.
0: Yeah. That 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 noise, it, honestly, I should like as someone was saying that should be uh Cody Parkey's like cell phone notification just like that <laughs> ding. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I I think that would be pretty funny. That was a good prank for one of his friends or family members to play on him. Just have, right. have set, yeah. his, set his cell phone to just play that, or or maybe his teammates had set that as like their their Cody Parky when he texts them or calls them, <laughs> that their their phones do
0: that. uh, you feel for the guy. I I said right before this kick, I was I told my girlfriend I was like, God, if he misses this kick. He, like, he can't stay in Chicago. Like, people will be irrationally pissed off that he missed this field goal. And, sure enough, as soon as he hits that stupid upright, I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Someone protect Cody Barkey. <laughs> like... yeah, I, I,
1: I went back, and because I'm a masochist, I actually watched the TV video of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, my God. And was it was Al Michaels doing the game. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and yeah. his call was so great when it happens. He said, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I, I laughed at that <laughs> so hard.
0: Well, Cody Parkey, to find the odds of proving the impossible is possible. Um, (laughs) Before we wrap up the show, Goose Island actually ran a uh, weekend thing or last yesterday actually saying that if you could kick a 43-yard field goal, they would give you basically beer for a year. Um, I don't know. I don't – that happened, I believe, yesterday, uh, Tuesday but there's been nothing. I don't know who won, if anyone is able to do it. Um, I will tell you right now, 43 yards is a lot longer than you realize, and you won't get necessarily picked that up until you step on a football field and see how far away 43 yards is. It seems a lot closer on TV. I can promise you that. um, um, and then finally to wrap up the show, uh, Emily Walden, who's been doing some excellent work for minor league coverage is actually going to be covering some of the Cubs, uh, minor league systems this year, which I'm really excited about. I know you're friends with Emily, um, that's great for her. Obviously, she does athletic stuff. She's focused mainly in Detroit. Um, was talking a lot about like Isaac Paredes and things like that, but um, who apparently is gonna supposedly make a bigger role with the do- or the Tigers this year, so good for Detroit. But um gonna be covering some minor league guys, so that's good. Great for Emily. Really excited to see her cover some of the Cubs guys. Yeah, so. and
1: hopefully hopefully um, we well, can get her on the podcast. I think uh I don't think that should be too hard to yes. do. But yeah, she's she's absolutely fantastic. If you like minor league coverage just in general, go follow her stuff. Uh, at the athletics, mm-hmm. she's absolutely fantastic at what she does and while we've been talking i've been trying to figure out if anybody did kick that field goal um mm-hmm. yeah it, it doesn't seem like uh they've posted anything <laughs> about it so
0: yeah that's what i was trying to find um so i would uh i would say it's suffice to say that the, the critics have been silenced for cody parker whose kick uh, it turned out was blocked yeah it so,
1: got, they mean, got at least tipped but yeah Still, you you know maybe yeah. kick it a little bit higher, like <laughs> yeah, <I do>. <laughs> <laughs> like he like kicks so low.
0: There's a simple solution um, <laughs> with that. Oh, um, by the way, Harley Davidson is almost open at Wrigley, um, and I'm very excited about the idea of the bullpen riding into the field on sidecars driven by motorcycles. Yeah, so um, great partnership deal there, Cubs. It's right in your face. Yeah, it's, make uh, that deal at least for yeah, one. It's
1: Harley Davidson. It's a, apparently a massive thing, and it's uh, really targeting the target demographic i think
0: <laughs> yeah of uh, drunk baseball players or baseball fans that want to leave wrigley intoxicated on motorcycles that seems like a pipe dream um but yeah uh, really weird i've walked by it a couple times it's a really cool store um i'm never gonna like actually go shopping there obviously but you know.
1: yeah <laughs> Me it's neither. but I'm so. I, i'm sure that there's plenty of people who are really into that and that's totally cool yeah obviously on.
0: I mean motorcycles are sweet I just uh, I'm not coordinated enough for a person yeah not, not my no. thing definitely not uh-huh. but with that let's wrap up the show thanks for tuning in guys we'll give you more Cubs updates as we come through Cubs convention is not too far away spring training is about 45 days away I believe maybe 46 after in a couple hours 44 excuse me uh, <laughs> in a couple hours we're not far away from meaningful baseball but yet to have really a meaningful off season so we'll see if that changes Stick around for more Lockdown Cubs. You guys enjoy the rest of your week, and go Cubs!